Welcome back to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm your host, Michael Martin, and I am joined by a very special guest. He works for No Ceilings. He covers the draft. He does all types of things, podcasts, writing, and more. Tyler Rucker, how are you doing today? Michael, I'm good. Thanks for, for having me on. Um, it's an exciting time of the year with the draft, you know, two weeks away as we're recording this. So um, appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk some hoops. Is this like Christmas for you guys who cover the draft? Yeah, a little, little chaotic this time of the year, but definitely a Christmas feel. Um, we're, we're excited for it to finally get here, but it's also one of those times where you're like, okay, we have so much in plan. We, we'd almost appreciate a little bit more time, but we're eager for it to, to finally be here, which I'm excited all, all draft fans are probably ready. We're, we're ready for some new players to enter the league, and um, it's almost here. Definitely. Well, let's get started off. One of the guys who you've been potting about and writing about and what, why I brought you on is Bilal Kulabali. Could you tell me about him? Yeah, really um, intriguing talent. He's been playing this year overseas um, with the Metropolitan 92s. Was sort of shining with the lower level team and putting up some really impressive numbers and, um, you know, some injuries to the bigger club, which obviously Victor Wembanyama is a part of. Saw Kulabali getting called up and really started to impress. You know, I feel like a lot of scouts that were going to watch Victor all of a sudden got intrigued with this really young athletic wing that was kind of cementing himself as a defensive asset. And there's a lot of really interesting tools when it comes to his offense. Um, and scouts were, you know, all of a sudden started buzzing about Kulabali. And he's become one of the hottest names in this pre-draft cycle. Um you know, there's been some some rumblings. Jonathan Wasserman of Bleach Reports even thrown out that there's rumors he's received the promise in the lottery. Now, it's the time of the year where you start to take everything with a grain of salt because there's a lot of smoke out there. But he's definitely one of those upside swings that kind of warrants that type of pick if it comes down to it. A lot of misinformation and trying to gauge and put people in a different direction. But yeah, he's six seven, seven foot three wingspan. He's only eighteen. Uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you about is how much does he weigh? Because I've seen 190 on a lot of sites and then 230 on like the ringer. And I was like, well, that is a very big difference. He doesn't look 230, but I thought I'd ask you. It's It's been like the mystery of the cycle is like, okay, can someone please get a, a weight for Koulibaly? I, I've seen, as you said, I've seen everything from 190 to mid 200s to 230. I don't know if I'm believing the 230, but um, I, I would imagine off of just a wild guess he's probably in that six, eight to two ten range probably. And, um, with that wingspan, there's a, there's a lot to like when it comes to his frame. And you mentioned his youth. Like there's a lot of really intriguing tools that are starting to come together at the perfect time of the year. You know, they're going through a lengthy run during the finals now. So a lot of fans are excited because they're getting to watch him, um, as the draft is nearing closer and he's been impressive. He keeps, showcasing the, the tools and upside he has is just where could he end up going and how high could he end up going on draft night? Well, on the lower level that he was playing in, he uh, played 16 games where he averaged 32 minutes, 22 points per game, six rebounds, two assists, two, two and a half steals and one block on 53, 32, 77 shooting splits. What is like the um, level of competition for there? Because We've talked about overtime elite, and it's kind of like weird where it's like 16 to 20. Is there like an age restriction and the lower level where he was playing? You can get it, it gets tricky with overseas play because it, it it really almost looks like eye candy when guys are dominating a yeah. little bit of a lower level competition. You know, back in the day with Killian Hayes, he looked fantastic, but it was kind of a weaker league. And 
Um, Kulubale, if you watch him at the lower level, you're like, this looks like a top five pick just because he just looks like a completely different player. He's dominating. He's bigger than everybody else on the court. He looks very, very confident. I mean, it's just, you kind of go, okay, with, if this is what you're getting, you get really excited about, but it's taken some time when he made that adjustment to go play with Victor and the, the older team. And that competition is definitely much better, but he's, he's left his mark. He's kind of cemented himself first on the defensive side of the ball and um, willing cutter, which can finish above the basket with some, some nastiness. So he's definitely started to now all of a sudden play with tougher competition and he's started to shine with that competition as the year has gone on. So I think I would be weighing that level more than the lower level, just because he's playing against older players now and he's showing that he can be impactful. Yeah, he looks like whenever you uh, need to run fives in your neighborhood and you don't have enough. So you ask somebody's older brother to play and he just <laughs> dominates the entire game. That's what he looks yes. like on that lower level. But then once he moves up and he's playing v- with Victor and those guys, his role really changes. I just wanted to ask you, because he's been such a late riser, can you give us the timeline of things? Because it felt like he was just went into the first round. And it was like, oh, maybe some lottery. And now it's like, how high can he go? Yeah, it's really interesting because I think a lot of fans get intrigued with you know these new players coming in you want them to produce right away you want them to be ready to go and with the international guys sometimes you got to be patient and um it's not to say that Koulibaly couldn't end up playing some minutes as a rookie but you know I've I've asked around and some around the league you know some executives have told me like hey I think he's a little bit further away than some people might think and they get really excited like they emphasize like really excited about the tools he has but I think he's going to be more of one of those you're going to be waiting for that second or third year jump to which you really start to see everything come together. But you never know. I mean, he, he could come over and be one of those early rotation guys that gets some minutes and plays good defense. And then um, by year two or three, you start to see the confidence and offensive game really start to, to come together. But he's definitely, I, I think, going to be looking at a, a long-term upside where a team should be patient and kind of look down the road to, okay, once everything comes together and he's a really talented player, a talented prospect, I think once everything comes together, you're going to have a really nice piece on your roster. I'm glad you made that point because these guys are investments and it's going to be longer term. You're drafting him at 18 to be the player. Hopefully he can be at 25, 26. He's not immediately going to be that at 18. What do you think are some of the biggest things he needs to work on during that time just as he continues to develop as a younger player in the league? Yeah, I I think one of the biggest things that executives are looking at these guys for potentially what are they going to look like when it's their second contract, when it's time for them to get an extension. And um, Koulibaly definitely has some of that really exciting long-term upside. I think the three-point shot is is solid, but it needs to get a little sped up. It's long, it's loading, which is understandable for someone of his age and youth. I think that'll come around when his body fills out. and he's shown some mid-range ability on the lower level. I feel like when it comes to the senior team, it, it's been very vanilla, where it's kind of like he impacts as a backdoor cutter, he impacts sometimes as a floor spacer, and obviously on the defensive side of the ball that I've talked about. But he just needs that versatility to start coming around offensively where he's shown flashes of it, um, especially with his footwork and transition. Like He's shown some, some Euro steps. That's kind of one of his go-to moves. And there's a lot of really intriguing foundation skills to build off of. It's just 
some team needs to be patient and let everything kind of come together. There's a lot of intriguing ingredients. It just needs time to, to kind of simmer. Yeah. He's got an electric Euro step. He can go either way with it. And he just kind of like, there's some guys who use the Euro step, like even Shea who decelerates, but he just, it's like dynamite when he hits it. He just like boom to the other side. Very fluid. Um, I think that's what is so exciting as him for a prospect is everything looks so fluid with his youth and his frame. I mean, he moves around like he's a six, four athletic guard and and you find out, Oh gosh, he's six, eight. Now that's where you get really, really exciting. And there's some stuff at the lower level that you see when he's very confident and kind of in control of just how dangerous he can be. But like you said before, it, it is like watching a high school senior playing against the freshman team. Like it, it's just one of those, like he looks like he doesn't belong there in a good way. So once that level of confidence kind of matches with the competition level, I think you have the potential to find a really, really dangerous piece. And then how do you evaluate him whenever he is on the main squad when he's playing with a guy like Victor and playing with, you know, grown men in that type of environment? I think it's important when you're evaluating it. Obviously, the jump in competition is huge for him, but he's kind of made his mark in the areas you want early on. Like he he understood the the jump he was making. So he was like, okay, how can I make an impact? I'll make it defensively. And because of his ability on the defensive side of the ball, like I, I believe he has the tools to be one of the best defensive wings in this class. But because of those tools, he's earned extended minutes and that's allowed him to play more, get more experience, get more run. And I really do believe like once the rest of the offensive skills develop and I believe a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of these prospects are unfinished products. So I, I think he's on the right path. He has a lot of areas in his game that you're just checking the box of being like, this is where you would want a raw 18 year old prospect to be like, he has a lot of stuff going for him right now. It's just, you now got to keep strategically adding to your game and let everything come together. But he's trending in the right direction. Um, he's going to be one of the most fascinating names to keep an eye on on the draft night. I mean, he could go in the lottery. He could be someone that teams try to trade up to go get because of his upside. It, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, the buzzword of just his, he's toolsy. He's got all the tools. It's just can he use them? And I'm a sucker for this. He's a guy with a late growth spurt. He goes from 5'11 to 6'6. Do you think he's still kind of growing into his body and adjusting his game? Absolutely. I, I think that's one of the most exciting. I, I'm a sucker for it too. I think that's one of the most exciting parts of prospects is those guards that are those guys that seem to be like, oh, I'm a guard. I got to work on my handles. I got to be a really good ball handler. And all of a sudden you have that growth spurt. You're like, wait, now I'm the size of a potential small forward, but I have those skills from before. So you kind of merge the best of both worlds. And I think you could definitely see on tape, like the examples of how he was as a guard with his footwork and how fluid he is on the court. But now he is adjusting to that additional size and that frame. And you see it on the lower level. I mean, he gets downhill and finishes with nastiness around the basket. I mean, he's a, he's a high flyer, but I think once that, kind of confidence develops where he could take people off the bounce against older players, then you're really going to have something, but his frame's got to build out. He, he looks like a very young teenager with his body still. So once he gets some muscle and gets a developmental coach, when it comes to strength and conditioning, I think 
you've got something really special potentially. Yeah, you've got guys like Leonard Miller in this draft, who's also a late uh, spurt, uh, growth spurt guy, Anthony Davis in the past. There's been a track record, not saying that he's going to be at that level, but just um, do you think he is going to keep growing at any point? Do you think he's done growing? And do you think his uh, frame can add a lot of weight and muscle to it? I think the frame could definitely add some. Um, it's tough to to predict the growing. Yeah. I mean, that rath- rapid growth spurt. I mean, we've seen it kind of happen with guys like Giannis. You know, he got drafted and then there was a report he grew two inches. And it's like, whoa, that's a different world. I think he went from like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, to 6'10". You're like, okay. And obviously, everyone wants to say, well, like, look at Giannis as a, you know, comparison of how his frame built out. That doesn't happen often. That's kind of a... yeah freak of nature outcome i think he gained like 50 pounds or something so um i think kuabali is going to have the frame to put on some good weight and and definitely that definition and tone is going to help him a lot and if he can do that that's going to make him even more problematic when it comes to stopping him because he he loves to attack the basket he loves to finish around the rim and if all of a sudden he can dish out some punishment with his frame with added weight, that's going to make him even more dangerous. It feels like the elephant in the room for Bilal is the fact there's two train of thoughts is that maybe it's just a hot streak of recent play in the postseason or the other more optimistic side is he's just 18. He's just getting better. Where do you kind of see uh, that side? Uh, which part of the argument do you see your side yourself more on? I think he's just getting better. Um, I think it's the, the perfect kind of what it's what we want to see as evaluators yeah. is kind of the growth in someone's game throughout the year. And he's been almost a poster child for it. I mean, as the year has gone by, he's gotten so much better. It's been just awesome to watch. And another name you just mentioned, Leonard Miller's is the same conversation. I mean, he, his development from the end of the year to the end of the year has been remarkable. So it's great to see. And um, with someone like Kulabale, you're probably just trying to figure out like, okay, now what's the next step? What's what can keep this momentum trending upwards? And I think he's on the right path. And I think he's definitely getting the attention of NBA teams. Now they've seen him in the beginning of the year. And obviously it's a little hard now because of the 92s having that deep playoff run. It's not like they're going to be able to get Kulabale in front of them for private workouts and stuff. So you're either going to have to have, a scout have been overseas or they trust what they've seen earlier in the year and um, going to be really interesting because I know that range is, is all over the place from what I've heard. And some believe that he could go in the lotto. Some believe that, you know, the promise might be a bit of smoke and just the time of the year. It, it's just crazy. But it doesn't feel like there's anything out of character for him playing. We're just like, yeah, his shots is really going right now or just things are lining up for him because we have seen guys on hot streaks. I mean, uh, Lynn Sanity was a two to three week thing that took over the entire world in the NBA. So I just wonder with him, it's like, I think it is him getting a lot better, but I wonder, you know, shooting, it can come and go. I, yeah, I think the shooting is going to be something that some teams might be like, okay, is it a limited sample? Is it an impressive streak? Um, but I think just the growth in general, I, it's just confidence. It, he's been confident with his ability. He's getting better. Um, you're, you're seeing it come alive on the court now when more time he's been on the court throughout the year, the better he's gotten, the more ways he's impacted the game. And there's going to be some rawness. I mean, he's, he's got a frame that jumping up to go play with the NBA guys, it's going to be a wake up call, but that body just needs to mature because of how young he is. But you're, you're talking about a potential lottery ticket when it comes to this class, like cool ball, he's going to get a lot of 
teams excited because there's a lot of untapped potential with his game that's still waiting to just rise to the surface. And I think that's what's going to potentially make him when you get to that, you know, late top 10 range or even late lottery range. I think teams are going to be really intrigued by, hey, if, if he was a guy that returned and put his name in next year's class, we might be talking about him as a top six pick. Um, so maybe you're getting him over early to work with him, get your developmental staff to kind of bring his best basketball to the surface. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you think he's a guy who will need more time? Like the Thunder obviously have a lot of young prospects. Usman Jang was a lottery pick and they just kind of put him more in the G League. Do you think that he's going to be a guy who needs more time in the G or do you think that he's a guy who's going to probably get more spot minutes at the NBA level? He's uh, it's funny because I have a lot of good friends on on the web that are Thunder fans and they keep asking me about Koulibaly. And I know a lot of fans for the Thunder are very passionate about that fit. Um, the Zhang one pick from last year continues to make me believe that they're probably going to be invested in that one. So I don't know if they might double down on it. But if they do, you're getting really two exciting wings that you just would have loading and, 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 you know, waiting to kind of reach their potential. And I think the the Thunder are in a different position where I love their G League team. I think they do a fantastic job, the OKC Blue. I think they're always one of the best developmental teams of understanding how resourceful that G League team can be. And, and the Thunder are also in a great spot where they let their players, you know, kind of learn on the go. They, they give them experience and run. Um, now, next year might be a little bit different story because I think they're going to be a potential playoff contender. Um, that's what I think of, you know, especially Chet Holmgren coming back and what they've got going. So it's going to be really interesting to see what Presti and company think about, hey, do we still look down the road with drafting someone like Koulibaly who maybe he's not helping us right away with serious minutes, but year two, year three, all of a sudden we'll just have these treasure chest of a roster with all this talent. Um, or do they go somewhere where they think someone can come in and impact right away? It's going to be fascinating, but I, I would lean more towards cool ball. will need maybe some G league time to get more reps and let his body build out. Then he might be ready to play right away. It's and he- very talented. And I know it's, it's tough to hear for fans because you're like, Oh, our rookie's going to play right away and, you know, almost be a rookie of the year candidate. But you don't find the J dubs every year. You know, it, it usually takes some time for this raw talent to develop. I was talking about that on Twitter, actually. A lot of people were down on Oos from around the Thunder, just fans. And I said, I think Thunder fans are just kind of swayed by the perception of J dub and Josh Giddy of that you just come out and you're instantly really good. Like, yes. Jang is more of the average of what most rookies look like in the NBA. It, that is spot on and and it's really tough for fans to to hear but um you know when they took Zhang I, I and kind of almost paired him with J Dub I thought that was perfect it was the perfect each side of the fence where you got the Jalen Williams of okay this guy might be able to help us right away just because spent you know three years in college got better every year the versatility it seemed great and then when they got Zhang it was this is the long term developmental piece that we're hoping by year three, he's just ready to go full minutes. And maybe it's a huge leap this year. I know if he plays at summer league, it's going to be one of my favorite guys to keep an eye on because I think there is another leap coming. But when they took him, I was like, this is going to be a raw one. This is going to be one that takes a while to, to come together. And maybe Koulibaly is in that same story where it's just, okay, the first year you 
get them caught up to speed with the speed of the game and the playbooks and all of that and filling out his body. But maybe by year two, it's the, the sophomore breakout that you're looking for. And if that happened and the Thunder drafted him, you're looking at having a lot of pieces on that roster. You know, you'd be dangerous and, and loaded. Yeah, and the Thunder are in a nice spot because they are pushing probably for the playoffs, play-in, postseason mix. But at the same time, they still have time to put those guys down in the G and develop them. And it's not urgent. We're like, we need you today. Like certain teams like Detroit's in a spot like that. Indiana, where it's like, we're trying to win and we need these younger guys to kind of play immediately. But one thing I really liked about Bilal also at the uh, higher level playing with Victor is that he didn't look scared. He looked very comfortable. Uh, I know for me, playing as a freshman in high school and college, you go and you play with the uh, starters or whatever. And you're like, just please, I don't want to screw up. I don't want to screw up. But he looks like he's actually out there as a participant and feeling very confident. I mean, confidence is the, the biggest part of developing. I mean, you need to be able to be comfortable with any situation you're thrown into. And um, a lot of these rookies, you know, aren't going to hit the ground running and, and have immediate success. So you need to be able to be confident in your ability to figure it out. And, you know, we've seen that with players all the time. Like once confidence comes into the picture, it, it takes off their trajectory. I mean, Jalen Williams came in and was fantastic in summer league. And I think kind of realized like, okay, I'm ready to go and never lost confidence. And then that translated into the NBA regular season. So it's going to be really interesting to see the direction the Thunder go in when it comes to, like you said, like, they're in a really good spot. Like they're in the lottery, but it almost seems like they shouldn't be because of how much talent they have. So are they going to find another piece they think could be an early contributor? Maybe it's one of those higher floor, lower ceiling guys, or are they going to still look to down the road of, you know, getting someone like Koulibaly potentially? Yeah, I think that it's important that they win, but the idea that they're just going to take a leap like that first Thunder team and you're in the conference finals in year two is ridiculous. Younger teams just don't usually win, even if they're super talented. So it should be interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you about his synergy, Bilal, with uh, Victor Wembanyama and how they play together. And do you think any of that would translate with Chet? Because obviously they're not the same player, but there are some similarities between the two. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting. I think Koulibaly has been trying to kind of learn his role throughout playing with the, the bigger team. And like I said before, it, it started out with him making his impact on the defensive side of the ball. And, um, you know, it's it's tough with, with Victor. Like, he's such a force offensively. When you're watching him, it's a lot of like, okay, let's, let's find Victor. Let's give him the ball. Let's feed him. So um, I think... If anything, I'm intrigued with Koulibaly is he's going to understand, like, I need to find a way to make an impact some way. And Chet is one of those players that I I still think incredibly high of Chet. I think anyone can play with Chet. Like, I, I think Chet will be a guy who puts people in position to succeed. He He's almost that sometimes you wish you would shoot more aggressively. And and I think he's going to be motivated to, to remind everyone how good of a prospect he was. And um, it's one of those, like, I'm not worried about any, like Chet playing with anyone. I think Chet's going to make everyone better. So I, I think Koulibaly would be in that mix too. Definitely. You're getting me excited. But, um, as far as Koulibaly comps are kind of hard, but are there any guys just that remind you of him, any aspects of his game, whether it be his defense, uh, defense, shooting, ball handling, anything like that? Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm tough with the, the pro comps. So, um, I don't know. I, I, 
You're putting me on the spot, I, Michael. I, heard I have Her- to think of that one. I heard Herb Look. Jones as a defender was one of them. Uh, maybe. I mean, I, at that level, I, I it's yeah. just tough because he's kind of so raw still. So you got to project what you're thinking at. Um, Herb's just such a sensational player, yeah. but he was also another guy that spent multiple years in college. So we don't really know where Koulibaly's you know, ceiling is. And that's where you could get really exciting about it. Like he has so much going for him at a young age right now. Um, you know, maybe he does develop this versatility offensively and this handles that he can be kind of a, a one-on-one guy. I, I still think he's kind of vanilla right now where it's like, he makes an impact defensively. He knows how to space the floor and he can cut. So that's a lot of really intriguing stuff to build off of, but it's just what's the next area of the game that gets unlocked. And maybe it's becoming a more consistent outside shooter to start out um, until, you know, maybe some versatility off the bounce comes into the picture. You, you never really know, but there's a lot of intriguing areas that you can build with. Yeah, the comps are tough. I mean, even guys that you think are sort of a one to one, like your Kobe and Jordan's, there's very big differences. So for Bilal, I'm very excited to see what he turns into. I one did hurt my soul and somebody said French Terrence Ferguson. That that really hurt me. That one hurt. Yeah. I thought Terrence was gonna ha- have a much higher um outcome in his NBA career. So that one hurts too. Yeah. Well, where do you see him in just in the draft in terms of draft position? Because obviously, like I said before, he was a guy who was late first round and he's kind of gone up the board. He had a draft promise somewhere, we think, whether it be from the Thunder, the, the Raptors, or anyone like that. Where do you think is the highest and lowest range he could probably be selected? See, I, the buzz is always dangerous this time of the year because everyone's going to be like, okay, he's a lottery pick. He's definitely going in that range. How high could he go? Um, I still think he might be like a late lottery to early teens pick. Um it would not shock me if some teams enamored and he's going, you know, around that 10, 11, 12, or even the thunder are all in on it. Um, it's just also dangerous because there's teams picking higher that have, you know, two or three first round picks. Um, like a team like Utah at nine, if they're in love with them, maybe they try to take him at nine as their upside swing. And, you know, they got two later picks so they could try to kind of see how the board falls into their lap. But, I still think he's going to, you know, just from what I've heard, I I would sort of lean more towards like maybe that promise is a little bit of smoke. If it happens, it makes sense. But if it doesn't, maybe he's looking at going towards a little bit late, you know, lottery to that early teens. Like I said, I still think there's going to be too many teams that are intrigued with the upside. And that's when you get to that 14th pick, you, you start to see some teams look at like, okay, maybe, we want to find one more upside swing or or we want to take a swing on a guy that next year wouldn't be available at this pick if we were here. So maybe that's where Koulibaly comes into the picture. Uh, Where do you see it or how do you see his fit with the Thunder? The Thunder are a very unique team. Not a ton of teams play like them. They want a lot of high field guys, a lot of decision makers. Do you think he'd be a guy who could play in that sort of offense and that sort of style? I mean, absolutely. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for, for any player to get caught up to speed just because of what the Thunder got going. They, they kind of have their foundation when it comes to Giddy, Shea, and, and um, J-Dub, and then all of a sudden you're going to install Chet into the picture. They're going to have a lineup that they're very comfortable with, and obviously they got some rotation pieces that are willing to contribute. So I, 
I would stress kind of being patient with the idea of Koulibaly maybe earning serious minutes as a rookie. But early on, if if he did get minutes, I still think his athleticism, his ability in transition, and his defense would probably really leave a mark and, and make it so he could get minutes as a rookie. But if he could space out to a floor spacer and have a consistent shot early on, then that makes him even more dangerous because he's a willing backdoor guy. I mean, the Thunder have plenty of playmakers that have fantastic vision when it comes to Giddy or even SGA and, and Chet, obviously, too. Um, so Koulibaly can make his impact with that, with spacing and understanding when to find windows to attack. And um, there's just a lot of, of room to grow with his game, but it's just how quickly can it adjust? And is it going to adjust as a rookie? It, it might be something that, he goes to the G league and plays fantastic and the thunder give him a shot. And maybe he does earn minutes like middle of the season. I don't know. Maybe this is just a glass half full approach, but I like him playing in the lower and higher level leagues because you can see him in different roles. And I like in the higher level that you can see that translate into the thunder of him not going, well, I'm useless without the ball. I can't do anything without the ball and handling it all the time. He's already proven to play at a higher level and just to be an insert plug and play role guy and be effective. Absolutely. And I think that's probably the direction the Thunder are, are looking now is they have so many intriguing foundational pieces. Um, and with Chet coming back, like now I think you're starting to look at like, okay, who's who's the next ingredient we can bring in here to make everything really come together? And um, if it's someone like Koulibaly, you're probably looking at like, okay, serious upside, but the defensive ability, the athleticism, his ability to cut off the ball and finish around the basket. Um, and, and who knows, maybe they're trying to find a, a outside shooter. There's a lot of directions they could go on draft night. And I think Koulibaly would be them saying like, okay, we have all of these future picks, but now we have an opportunity to draft someone with serious upside that the Thunder are probably hoping they're not picking with their pick in the lottery anytime soon after this year. So they're probably saying, Hey, this might be the last chance we can get it a serious upside swing with our pick. Now, obviously they have 300 future picks coming in, but from other teams, but that's what they would probably be looking at is like, this is still an upside swing and we're adding another really intriguing talent for our future. Well, you've definitely intrigued me as far as it goes with cool, uh, cool but let's go. Uh, we talked about Jang. Let's go from one former New Zealand breaker to another and Rayon repair. What do you think about him? Rupert is an interesting one. Um, was a really big name coming into this year after um, showcasing over FIBA. He was playing in France. A um, lot of intriguing talent. Um, I, I liked his game watching him in FIBA. Uh, I thought the outside shot, as with a lot of prospects, really needed to come around for him to reach his potential. I think he's going to be one of those names that might be higher in NBA front offices than maybe the public when it comes to draft fans. Um, it's always frustrating for draft fans to look and see like a lack of exciting box scores and stats and some rawness, but he's uh, he's got really intriguing upside. I, I, I asked an exec, I, I flat out said, I was like, would you lean repair or cool ball? And he said, I would lean repair right now. He said, I think cool is trending in the right direction. Has a lot of it's exciting stuff, but repair has a lot of ability right now. And, um, I think his, obviously his frame needs to fill up, but he's 
a pest defensively. I think he's got really special upside as a defender. Um, great length. I think he had like a seven, three wingspan or something off the top of my head. Um, and there's some playmaking stuff. And I think the shot took a big step in the right direction this year. A lot of stuff needs to still come around, but I, I think he's going to be one of those names that NBA teams might be more smitten on than maybe some, some public draft boards or mock drafts. Yeah, it's always weird to see the difference in just public opinion versus kind of the underground. We don't want to tell anyone from the draft people working for teams. But yeah, he's very similarly built to Bilal at six, seven, seven foot three uh, wingspan. He's only 19. He just, he just turned 19, I think, last month. But what are, I guess, the pros with him that you see? Because I've watched a lot of them and I haven't been super blown away, but I see the toolsiness like being that ball of clay that teams would like to mold, but just like as is right now, what are the biggest selling points for him? The defense is, is, it's tough to not, you know, shine on it, but he's one of those, like with his size about being six, seven with that length. And he has extremely fluid and very fast feet. Um, So he likes to pick guys up full court. He's a pest. He just looks like a guy that's going to give you headaches. If you have to have him guarding you the whole night and, um, I think he's also an intelligent team defender. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, okay, is this the classic, you know, raw three and D in which the three hasn't really come around yet. And it's like, yeah, at a little bit, but I think the upside with repair is probably more special than people are, are used to. I think there's some playmaking stuff that he got to show a little bit this year, but probably a little has a lot more to his game. Um, the shot still needs to come around, but I think, the, in a catch and shoot position, it's really taking steps in the right direction. He's got a high release, so that makes him even more challenging to kind of defend. Um, just a smart player, and he's going to be another one too that is just going to need some reps and sort of on that same path of probably Zhang. But I, I think there is a world in where Rupert earns minutes early on just because of his ability as a defender early on, and it's it's not just on ball; it's a lot of off ball and really mature and advanced reads um, when it comes to rotating and putting himself in the right position with a lot of these guys, definitely there's some stuff he needs to clean up, but um, I think teams are going to see the growth he's had from his time in France with FIBA and really be intrigued that he's on the right path. Yeah. Just watching a little bit of tape of him defensively. I just love how he doesn't guard with his hands. It's all feet. Mm -hmm. It's all just staying in front of guys He's sporadic. He's all over the place. He really weaponizes his length, which I really like. But offensively, you mentioned three and D. Do you think there's a bigger growth play? You mentioned some extra playmaking, but can you see him being a guy who operates in some pick and rolls or is it going to be just kind of like tertiary playmaking? Just swing it to him. Maybe he gets a flyby and goes. I think there's definitely pick and roll upside. I think with the NBL, you know, for the um, Skybreakers, I think he was playing a little bit more off ball. Um, and, and in times he got to run some pick and roll sets, like he shows the ability to make the right reads and he's had some impressive, you know, pick and roll dimes. And you're like, okay, there's something there. There's some intriguing stuff. I think he's also got some, some change of gears where he can really explode and, and get by people. He's got to fill out. That's, that's the one weakness I would say. Cause he struggles finishing at the rim, and I think it's just the frame. And he was playing in a physical league that has a reputation for its physicality, which I think was important. You know, scouts got excited when he made that announcement he's going to go play there because they're like, this is probably what he needs. Um, so once that body fills out, 
once he kind of gets more accustomed to, to taking on contact around the basket, I think there's definitely some, some growth for him to really start coming into his own as a player. But um, he's shown some, some touch on floaters at times. It, it's just a lot of flashes. And it, it's tough with guys over in that league because you are, you know, getting attached to the flashes. Like RJ Hampton was over there. He didn't put up the craziest numbers, but he still came over and was a high pick. And um, I, I think there's some similarities with Rupert, but I think his defense is what's going to make teams really excited. And I think Rupert also has some change of gears when it comes to putting the ball on the ground. But if you can have an NBA skill at the level of his defense where you can come in and the coach has a reason to keep you on the floor, I think that's going to be a huge thing. There are so many guys who just fail to develop because they can't even they don't have one thing that makes them stick. They are just like a master of none, but they're pretty good at a bunch of things. But with his shot, do you think it's more mechanics? Is it more reps? I know the Thunder have Chip England to work with him, but do you think that there's a likelihood that he's going to be an above average shooter maybe? Yeah, I, I think so just because of the leap it took in one year. Um, it, it was one of those when you're when you're watching him at the lower level with FIBA, he looked fantastic of like, okay, there's a lot here, but the shot, it, it needed to really have like an overhaul. And I think it looks so much better just this year already. So in that short of a time frame, you could tell he's probably put in the work to really make it at least at this stage where you could get excited about it. And I think that's only going to get better. And um, I think he'll be an above average shooter for sure. I think that's going to be part of his game. He needs to have consistently early on while the rest of the offensive tools kind of come together, because if you could play defense and you project to be a defender, like you're saying um, of that level, I think teams are going to keep giving you a shot to, to find your groove. And I think teams are going to be patient as well. And that's why I think there's a lot of upside with his game still. And that's what coaches love. Coaches don't want to see a guy get blown by over and over. They'd rather see you miss shots and play good defense and the other way around. So I think that'll be a way he stays on. But you mentioned again earlier that NBA front offices have him higher than some of the draft discourse. Where do you think his range is currently? Because I've seen him all over the place from lottery to like mid thirties in the second round. Yeah, I mean, I, I think some people have been mocking him these days uh, of kind of being like an early first round or early second rounder. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's going, you know, right around 20. Um, I think that 20 to 30 range is probably where teams are going to get excited, especially with a lot of those teams either having multiple first round picks in that range or maybe a team tries to be aggressive to trade back into the first to get someone like him and you know, they picked early and they got their guy and they want to get repair as kind of the upside swing. Um, like something like OKC did last year with Tiny or with Jang and J Dub. So you you never really know. I think there's still a lot of potential in his game and the defense is gonna get teams really excited that even early on, if you could bring him in your rotation as just like this is our defensive asset. This is our guy that we can groom to become a really interesting wrinkle for our team and our rotation i think there's going to be some some believers now it's just going to have to come down to what teams buying in um what teams a, a believer in the upside of repair yeah i think he's definitely worth a flyer at the end of the first round early second for a team like the thunder who it's like let's just put him in the g league that's probably what we're going to do anyways if he was a first round pick but should be interesting i do have a surprise for you we're going to do okay. face off here 
I'm just going to name some skills and I want you to tell me who you like more in that category between Bilal and Rupert. Okay. Athleticism. Um, Bilal. Ball handling. Uh, Rupert probably right now. Playmaking. Oh, that's a good one. Um, that one's tricky. Uh, I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll say Rupert, but it's close because I just think Koulibaly showed at the lower level that there's some playmaking that needs to come out more. But I'll say Rupert right now. On-ball defense. Oh. Um, a toss-up, I guess? I don't know. They're both really good defenders. Um, I'll say Rupert because I, I think his ability to smother full court and his length is a little bit ahead, but they're very close. What about just defensive versatility? Just switching around, guarding multiple positions, not necessarily just being stuck on one guy. I'll I'll say Koulibaly for that. But I, I think it's funny when you compare them because they're both very close defensively and they both have the potential to be really good defenders. Um, shooting slash who do you believe in the most developing into a good shooter? Um... I probably would lean Koulibaly right now because I think his is a little bit more consistent and I think it just needs like his when he catches it, it brings it a little low. And I think that's the frame needing to build up. I think someone could speed that up and um, I think it's consistent right now with his foundation. But as long as I'll say Koulibaly for now, but Rupert's, like I said before, it's taken a, a big step in one year. Basketball IQ. Oh, boy. Probably Rupair. You're with no ceilings. I'm going to ask you who has the higher ceiling here. Uh, Koulibaly. And then the last one on face-off here. If you were uh, in a vacuum, you're the Thunder. You can only pick one of these two guys. Who are you picking? Um, at 12? Yes. <laughs> I would take Koulibaly at 12. Because uh, I think that's the po- point of the draft in which you start dancing with value or upside. And I think the Thunder have the future capital to swing for the fences there if they want to. And I think Koulibaly would be a swing for the fence. And then my last question here, this is a hypothetical here. Let's say that um, crazy hypothetical Sam Presti calls you and he says, Will Dawkins left the Thunder. He burnt all of our draft boards. We just don't have them anymore. Tyler, we are on the clock. I need your help. Uh, Victor, Scoop, Brandon Miller, and Amin are off the board. The rest of the field is up. Who are your top three to five guys you'd like to see with the Thunder? So hit me with Brandon, Scoot, Victor, and what uh, was the Amin. other one? Are off the board? Yes. Um, I would say Jarris Walker would be at number one. Um, number two for me for the Thunder would be Taylor Hendricks. Um, and then, well, my third one. I, I can't stand liking guards and then having to project them to the Thunder. I'll, I'll throw a Sar Thompson in there. I think Jarris would be an absolute dream fit for the Thunder. Um, I think that would take the team to a, an entirely new level of excitement. I think for some of the same reasons, I think Taylor Hendricks next to Chet Holmgren would be an unbelievably fun kind of pairing just because I think Hendricks could space the floor. I think Jairus Walker, the defensive versatility would make them just terrifying. And um, Asar, I, I think, understands how to play off the ball really well. I think there's been some questions about his shot. I think he's 
impressed me more than a men. And I think with what OKC would want, I think Asar would be a better fit. Um, and the, I, I do believe he's got a lot of upside to be a really nice piece off the ball. So that would be my three. Well, you have saved Sam's draft after uh, Will Dawkins <laughs> burned everything up hypothetically. But thank you so much for coming on with me and making time. Do you have anything to plug? I know that you uh, recently put out something about Anthony Black. Yeah, that, I was going to say Anthony Black would be in that conversation, but I just know the Thunder have 15 versions of Anthony Black, but maybe they get another one. Um, Just wrote a piece on Anthony Black. I, I really, really like his game. Um, But if if anyone's looking to get caught up in all these guys, we just launched the draft guide. It's at noceilingsnba.com and um, it's our top 60 prospects, in-depth scouting reports. So, so go check that out. It's digital, so it gets delivered right into your inbox but um no this is great michael thank you for having me on and you know thunder up good luck i, I hope the guys do well and i'm not going to question sam presti i think he's going to do a good job on, on draft night anytime glad to have you on definitely follow tyler and all the no ceiling stuff they're great on social media they have podcasts writing everything in between like you mentioned the uh draft report draft scouting page that's really fun i'm definitely have to get that as we gear up more and more towards the draft we're a little I think we're two weeks away from today, actually, but two, two weeks. It's, it's crazy to say that out loud and, and realize that's the truth. Well, go get some rest, get a nap. I know you've been working for the last 72 hours straight or something like that, but thanks again for Tyler for coming on with me. Thank you all for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate us five stars on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts at Thunderbud on Twitter. And we'll be back again for more Thunder Talk on Tuesdays.